You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Coming to you from Classic City, the capital of the Bulldog Nation, it's time for another edition of the podcast designed for the most die-hard Georgia fans in the country. Here are your hosts, Tyler and Charlie. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Glory UGA Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and I'm not flying solo today. Back with me today for the first time since I think the week leading into the national championship game is my coach, Charlie. So, Charlie, it's been a minute. What's up, champ? I'm alive. You realize you're a champ now. You're a champion. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're a champion. I was a little confused. Yeah, you looked at me like, why are you calling me champ? I am wearing my national champion sweatshirt. Yeah, this is actually, that's killer. Where did you get that? Alumni Hall. Did you really? Yeah. That was not planned, guys. I promise you. This was not planned. You actually got that alumni hall? I did not pick it out. That's nice. My husband picked it out for Is that unisex? No. Because I would totally wear that. No. This would... No. I mean, I don't know. It's nice. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, that's that's a that's a This is not a unisex fit. That's... Yep. That's that's a sorority girl fit. That's what I would call that. If you wore this out... Um, well, you're sitting down, so I didn't see the fit. I just saw, like, it's a sweatshirt, and the logo is actually very nice. Is that Nike? What is that? No. no? It's like some strange brand. Some women's brand? But it has the old... Yes, it has... Ugga. Like, the old Bulldog logo. Yeah. Yes, the one who's, Not like, his jaw is displaced, but it's, like, the greatest logo that we have mm-hmm. that we never really use, but yep. we should use it way more. Looks nice. I like that. I like that. So, how do you feel? So Does it feel like... To, right, to me, I feel like I'm going to, like... A whole different plane of existence. I feel like I finally recovered. From the, the trip. trip? Okay, the trip. Not just becoming a national like, champion? Yeah, it was exhausting. Well, I guess let's go there, Charlie. So, yes, I know. Obviously, you made the trip to the great white north of the game. And I also remember, I think the last time we talked, I, I think it was the week leading into the game, right? Well, and I saw you in Indianapolis. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just, exactly. I know you were there, but I think the last time that we had you on the show... Yeah. Was like the week before, like that week going into the game. It's been a while. It's been a minute. I remember vividly though, because one of our very good listeners who's been listening for a long time, actually also by the name of Charlie, spells it different than you, but good guy, great guy. He actually lives in Indianapolis. Um, He actually sent me an email and he was not happy with us, the show. And I get it because, you know, he likes the city, respects the city, loves the city, but it really was you. It was you, Charlie, who was ripping Indianapolis before you ever stepped foot in the city. No, it was a great city. I just don't like to be cold. It it has a great atmosphere, great town for events. Atlanta should take some notes. I just don't like to be cold. Okay, let me say something outrageous here. I don't think it was that cold. I don't think it was that cold either. People are just talking about, oh my God, it was so cold. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. When it's like below 30, it's going to be cold, but but be prepared. Bundle up. Right. Luckily, I didn't have to be outside longer than the walk to the stadium. Now, I will say it was not a long walk, but my fingers were in pain while I was standing in line. You're not wearing gloves? Yes, I was wearing gloves. That's the thing is my fingers get miserably cold to where they like start to I got in in like 12 seconds. Yeah, but I'm just saying that was the only time I was cold. you know, I can't you know, honestly, you know what was worse? Standing in line for the national championship in 2018 in outside oh. Mercedes-Benz Stadium for three hours in the freezing cold rain. I stood in line for two hours and 17 minutes that day. Yeah, it was a two to three hours. I can't remember exactly how long. I didn't time it, but it was a long time. It was literally freezing cold rain. Oh, I timed it. That was it. way worse. It was two hours and that 72 was minutes. Way, way worse. No, Indianapolis was a great city. It was I fantastic. I loved wish it. wish I could have run outside, but I was not going to do that. You didn't do it? 
No. I wasn't going to. I was going to run the treadmill. And, I, I, and, I, and Charlie actually was very, well, uh, very sun... nice of offered to run with me. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to run inside. It's going to be too cold. And I woke up that morning. He's like, you know what? I'm feeling Let's go. So, no. Charlie, I'm sorry, man. But, uh, yeah, I had a great... It was get... flat. It was so flat. Well, the thing is, is I get up really early. And the sun didn't come up until, like... Like, it was late. And I don't like to run. I run in the dark during the week in Athens. Yeah, I mean, if a place that you don't know. But if I don't know, don't know a, a where I town. am. Yeah, but you're, you're warm if and you don't know where you are. If you're running for an yeah, hour, yeah, that's like... Yeah, yeah. fair, fair, yeah. fair. Yeah. But I thoroughly enjoyed Indianapolis. And yes, like, obviously it was cold, but I was prepared for the cold once you layered up and wore a jacket. Like, I would see Georgia fans out there like polos and like a windbreaker. I'm like, yeah, I get why you're cold, but like, if you're just prepared, no, it's not city. that bad. No, it was fantastic. I, I, I think this is the first episode because you basically review all of our road trips and i, just have I think standards. you you basically rip all of them is this the first positive road trip review of the season for you possibly no I think no you, you lexington lo- we didn't go to lexington oh no that was the year before we didn't travel to lexington i'm already thinking ahead yeah we, well yeah, we no you like knoxville you like knoxville and we didn't go to south did we go to south carolina i like south carolina we went to south carolina who went to south carolina did we go to south you went to I south carolina i'm so lost we didn't no, play at South before. Carolina this yeah, year. Yeah, sorry. I it's been Yeah, I, we played at South Carolina last year. It was like the weird like nether world where there was like 12 people in the stadium yeah. and it was the end of the remember. year and it was Yeah, awful. I don't think was there weird. was anything to write home about this year. I think you liked Knoxville, didn't you? I remember you saying Yeah, you, I like Knoxville. I think you I, did you like it? I think you said you liked it better than Nashville, where cuz no, I know I you like hate Knoxville. Nashville. Okay, okay. Knoxville's fine. Knoxville's good. And you can gamble in Tennessee and it's not far to get there. Yeah, George needs to fix that. It's never going to happen in the state, but that needs to happen quickly. But all right, anyway, uh, as for the content of today's show, it's time to rewind the clock all the way back to the last week of August, Charlie. Do you remember those days? Last week of August. We were all brimming with excitement, the possibilities of what could be as we entered yet another new Georgia football season. And every year at that time, Charlie, you know what we do. We do our preseason predictions episode where we predict the win-loss record for every single SEC team. Each of us, we take a helmet schedule and we and we literally like, we pick every single game on the SEC calendar and we give you our official hold us to them predictions. And then at the conclusion of each season, which is now, we have a lot of fun every year coming on here and reviewing what we got right and it's even more fun reviewing what we got wrong. And as is always the case, yeah, we, we, we nailed some of our picks, and then we were way off on others, and it's time to hold ourselves accountable here, and that's exactly what we're going to do today. We're going to have some fun with this, and Charlie, I'm going to let you drive the ship today. I know you've got the win-loss records. I glanced over these before you came back in, but I honestly don't remember every one. I have like a vague idea of, what, of who I picked where, but it'll be a lot of fun to go back and see what we got so wrong. And hopefully we got a few of them right. But uh, where are we going to start? We start in the east, right? We start All right. In the east? I'm going to preface this by saying please bear with me because I have different pieces of paper that I'm going back and forth Whose fault with. is that, Charlie? Well, it's easier to go back and forth with physical paper than no, tabs no. on the computer. It is certainly not. And I don't like to split my screen because I don't have my glasses. I just want to reiterate for everyone out there. I know if all of you have been listening to us all season, you know, like with our picks episodes, which we need to do that, Charlie. We need to go back and review our final scores. Did we even calculate the ball picks yet? We need to do that. But anyway, it's going to be really hard because I got to go find the paper that you write all these things on. It'd be so much easier if I could just pull up a tab. Oh, I can find it. It's in a folder. I'm sure we'll find it somewhere. But you literally have like, you're just anti-computer, even though you have your computer sitting here. But when you're writing down like win totals and predictions, you literally like make this makeshift like chart on a piece of computer paper, and there's a lot of things marked off. I mean, can you even read that? I don't. That's what I'm saying. Just bear with me. But if you would have so, done this, okay. We are going to start with Georgia, and I will say you were finally right. You actually got it right. You've been predicting that Georgia would win the national mm-hmm. championship mm-hmm. for at least a decade at this point. And no, it finally no, happened. No, not a decade. But did it? We okay. So we both predicted Georgia to go twelve and zero, which they did. Yes. Curtis had them going eleven and one. What a with loser! With a loss to Clemson. What a loser! So love you, Curtis. Just kidding. Man. Did it play out like you thought it would? Well, I mean, Charlie. First off, let me say thank you very much for acknowledging um, my level of intelligence and the <laughs> fact that I just know more than 
than well, at least Curtis, right? I guess we both had him 12. No, I'm just kidding. Um, well, you know, Charlie, this did play out, well, exactly how I thought it would. I thought that we'd be Clemson. I told you guys come this season, really all during the offseason. I felt really good about that game. Now, I didn't know it was going to be a nail-biter the way that it was. It be like, no offensive touchdown. Can't say I saw that coming. But I looked at our schedule, and this was as manageable of a regular season schedule as we were going to have. I didn't think that Clemson was going to be as good. I wasn't completely sold on DJU as like the guy coming in this year was going to fill right in for Trevor Lawrence. And that clearly proved to be the case. Now, he was worse than I thought he would be. I thought he'd be a very good quarterback. I just think he'd be like Trevor Lawrence level in his first year as a starter. But he just was not good. We'll see if he even starts them all next year. And I just think I didn't I wasn't a believer in Florida. I thought Florida won the SEC last year. They had some generational players like Kyle Pitts, but also we just kind of fell apart, especially the quarterback position. We had obviously the opt out beginning of the year and the Dewan Mathis disaster and Stetson did an admirable job for us. Obviously we didn't beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa. And we had some injuries late in the season. We were so banged up when we played Florida, but I felt like coming this year we had more talent. We were the better team and then the fact was, I felt that we were the more talented team every single week this season. I felt like we were going to be coming into the year, and it proved to be that way. Obviously, we had that little hiccup in Atlanta. I did not predict that. I did predict us. I think I did. We do the SEC championship picks. I think we did. No. Yes, we did. We did a playoff we did a picks. Playoff. Well, I had we Georgia as the SEC. one seed, so that means I thought that we were going to win the SEC championship. So I missed on that. But uh, other than that, yeah, I feel pretty good, Charlie. You're right. I do predict us to win basically every year. But that's because, Charlie, we are as as talented as anyone in the country every single year. And I've been saying for years, it was only a matter of time. Things had to line up. Balls had to roll our way, had to bounce our way, get some breaks. And you know what, Charlie? It finally happened. It finally happened. So, yeah, I missed a couple years in a row. But you know what? Wasn't that far off. This well, year nailed it. And Finally. a little side note on our playoff picks. We all had Clemson and Ohio State. I and had, Oklahoma. We were so wrong on that. Well, yeah. All we were, three of those. Yeah, well, okay. Clemson, yes. we. That was good DJU. If, if DJ Uyunglele was... Not scared for his life after he played Georgia? I think that, yeah, honestly, I think we broke him. I, I, I will stand by that. I think that we broke him. I think he was seeing ghosts the rest of the year. Because you go back and look at last year, I guess, well, the 2020 season. Yeah, it was a small sample size, only two stars. But he was fantastic in both those starts. And, guys, I watched those those starts all offseason long, probably like four times each minimum coming into the regular season because I knew that he was going to be their quarterback. And he was good. He was a different guy in those two games in 2020, he was all this year. I think that we broke him. I really do. I think we shot his confidence, and he, he never really recovered from there. But yeah, I mean, that was more a function of who's going to challenge than the ACC, the ACC being so weak. I didn't see them losing that NC State. Um, Oklahoma, yeah, I, Oklahoma should have been better. Spencer Rattler was not as good as I thought he was going to be. That was a bad pick there. But they were, it wasn't like that far off. Ohio State was close, Charlie. Ohio State was one loss away I mean, yeah, they lost the game to Michigan, but they would have won that game. They were gonna whoever won that game was going to go into the Big Ten Championship game for the right to destroy Iowa. It happened to be Michigan, but I mean, I don't think it was a terrible pick. All right, Ohio, you... Ohio State was still a Rose Bowl team. Yeah, are you ready to move on? Oh yeah, you brought it up. Right. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. All right. Next up, Florida coming off an SEC Ha-ha. East championship in 2020. There were plenty out there in the national media. Still pumping up Dan Mullen and the Gators, but that proved to be an incredibly well, Charlie, bad what happened take. to Dan Mullen? Well, he got fired. He got fired, Charlie. And mm, the team tough, collapsed tough. to a six and six record. Mm. I had Florida. I I was way higher on Florida what did you have than them other people. I had them at nine and three. Well, I think that was the general consensus. I think you were way higher than yeah. other people. Mm, Most well, people had him around yeah. that. Curtis had him at seven and five. He was the closest, and you had him at eight and four. Well, I've got to give Curtis credit on that when he had him at seven and five. That's so a good pick, Curtis. Good we'll pick. We'll see what good old Billy Napier can do next year with his game changer coordinator. Yeah. Have you seen this? Yes. Uh, no, I don't know. He's calling a special teams coordinator the game changing coordinator. Oh no, I did not see that. Yeah, it's, okay. That's a thing. Okay. So we thought that they were getting a real coach who was not a clown like Dan Mullen. Maybe we were wrong on that. He was replaced I, I don't, I don't, by another. I don't clown. think he's quite as clownish as Dan Mullen. It's very hard. But like game, I mean, I had respect for for Billy Napier coming. He was from the Saban tree, but game changer coordinator. I don't. I don't even know. That's insane. Yeah, that's insane. So, so did, I had him at what eight and four. Yeah. So did that play out how you thought it would? Um, played out even better. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I would, I would, I'm, I'm loving that I was wrong on this. I did not see them going 
into the tank as bad as they did. I didn't think Dan Mullen was going to get fired this year. You know, obviously coming off their their trip to Atlanta in 2020, you know, he had a lot of fun talking a lot of trash. So could have happened to a nicer guy. But no, I I, I thought that they would be third in the SEC East. I, I was pretty clear on that really all offseason long, all throughout the summer. I thought Kentucky was going to be the team that was going to finish in second. And I thought Florida would be a, a good, solid team. But I was not a believer in Emory Jones and what they had at the quarterback position. I thought they lost a ton of skill talent. They had some decent guys. You know, Copeland's fine, but they were going to have a really hard time replacing Kadarius Tony and Kyle Pitts and Grimes. And then, you know, obviously the quarterback situation. I, you know, you have Emory Jones coming in here. They're all, they're all, of course, all the Florida fans. This is what fans do. We, we do it in the Georgia fan base as well. You pump up these guys who haven't played in a while. You're like, you know, they were sitting behind, you know, Kyle Trash. You know, he's, he's just been waiting his turn. He's going to be a killer, man. You don't even know. And it's like, well, dude, he's been here for like four years and hasn't done anything. So you expect me to just like trust that he's going to be awesome this year? No, he's not going to be. And it proved to be the case. So uh, I f- honestly, I think if Dan Mullen hadn't gotten fired and then had like the hot seat stuff at the end of the year, I think they probably would have finished about 8-4, and four, but the bottom dropped out, obviously, when he started losing his mind, which is what Dan Mullen does. Like, I'm not really, I'm really not that surprised that he got fired, because I knew there were some people within that administration who he graded their nerves. He was grading on their nerves, I should say, but he won. Um, but then when you don't win, all of a sudden now the fact that you're, um, I'm going to try to put this very nicely. Um, I'm just going to call him a clown, Charlie. I'm going to stick with that. People can accept that you're a clown when you're winning. But when you're a clown and you're not winning, Charlie, that's when you should get fired. And that's exactly, that's exactly what happened here. So the wheels kind of fell off the end there. I did not see them losing to South Carolina. I did not see them losing to Missouri. Actually, did I have them? Who did I have them losing to? I have Florida losing to Alabama. Got that one. Had them losing to Kentucky. Got that one. Had them losing at LSU. Um, and I had them losing to us. I had I had them beating South Carolina and Missouri. Didn't see those those losses. But yeah, you know, eight and four. That's kind of. I feel like they were really talent wise an eight and four team. But obviously, with Mullen getting fired, the wheels kind of fell off there. And that loss to LSU was just mm, tough, man. That's a tough loss for them. Well, we'll see how soon they can be the runner up in the SEC East. I think. It might I still think they have enough talent to be an eight and four team next year. Like four, they still have talent. They find a decent quarterback. I mean, they got that Jack Miller guy coming in from Ohio State. We'll see. But I mean. And Napier's a, a, a competent coach. He's done a good job where he's been. They'll probably be 9-3, next year. All right. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Well, next up, we all had Kentucky going 10 and 2 and finishing second in the East, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, what did you see in Kentucky in the preseason that led you to believe they were a 10-win team? Number one. Also, Stoops got a... Yeah, every, every year they, he gets... He gets a raise and a It's a rollover, extension. contract, an extra yeah. year rollover. I, well, first thing I see, Charlie, is, is just... An, you mentioned Stoops. Just an incredibly well-coached football team. They are not the most talented team in the country, but they're very, very well-coached. Um, they have an identity. He's built an identity there. They had an incredible offensive line coming this season, a really strong running game. Chris Rodriguez is one of the more underrated running backs in the country coming into the year. He played really well, and I thought that Will Levis was going to be an upgrade over Terry Wilson, a quarterback. Levis started out hot, and then he kind of came back down to earth, but I still think he was an upgrade over what they had at Terry Wilson. He brought more consistency to the game, at least just more competence passing. Um, he had his share of struggles, too, don't get me wrong. I thought 
That Liam Cohen, the new offensive coordinator that they brought in, uh, was gonna from the Rams, Sean McVay tree, was gonna add something to their offense after years and years of Eddie Grand and kind of just kind of jumpstart things. And they were not dynamic offensively, but they played really good defense because that's what Mark Stoops teams do. They run the ball really well, and that's exactly what I thought they were gonna do. I thought they were gonna beat Florida at home. I thought their schedule was very manageable, other than the fact that they had to make a trip to Athens. I thought they were gonna lose that game. Who did have them losing to? I had them losing to LSU and Georgia. Um, they had beat LSU, they lost to us, and uh, then they lost to Tennessee. I didn't see them losing to Tennessee. But, yeah, 10-2, that's what I had them. I figured they'd be second in the East, and sometimes you get them right, Charlie. Got that one right. All right. Well, Missouri managed to sneak into the postseason in year two of the Eli Drinkowitz era at 6-6 six and six before losing to Army in their bowl game. I did na- nail that pick. I had Missouri at 8-4. and four. I was a little higher on them. Curtis had them at 9-3. and Oh, Curtis. And you nailed Tough. their record at 6-6. Six and six. Um, Did that one play out like you thought it would? They beat Florida. I did not see them beating Florida. I had them at 6-6. Six and six. I... Who did I have them? I don't even remember who I had them losing to. But I... Did def- yeah, I had them losing to Florida. I did not have that one as a win for them. That's what got them into a bowl game. I did not see. I mean, by the time we got to that game, when Dan Mullins basically was gone and the Florida was just face planting, I was like, oh man, Missouri could definitely win this football game. And lo and behold, they did win that football game, which is really what got Dan Mullen fired. Um, but I, I mean, I guess losing to South Carolina is really what got Dan Mullen fired. You got I me, mean, God, you lose to South Carolina in Missouri. Back oh yeah, to that back was weeks. the game afterwards where they did like the end zone video. Mm-hmm. South Carolina did. Yeah, and it was like God. they have. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I did not see those two losses for Florida. Um, Missouri was pretty much what I thought they were gonna be. I thought they would be a team that was gonna be solid offensively. Um, but, I mean, I, I was big on Tyler Beatty coming this season. Honestly, I don't know why Tyler Beatty wasn't their feature back in years past. I know Larry Roundtree was the guy, and Tyler Beatty was kind of like their James Cook. They're kind of like their complimentary piece. I always felt like Tyler Beatty was better than Larry Roundtree. He was far more electric, more dynamic, more of an explosive home run threat. And I just never understood why they didn't play him more. And then when he, when he was the guy last year, he ran for like 2,000 yards. I mean, he was incredible. And I didn't think he was going to be that good. I mean, I can't seriously say I thought he was going to be like a borderline 2,000-yard rusher. But I was high on him, and I thought he would carry that team. Connor Basic, I expected a little bit more out of him. But, I mean, I think I said during the preseason, like, yeah, he's going to be a pretty good quarterback, but I don't think he's an elite guy. He hasn't shown me that. So, absent that, I can't really go too high on them. So, I felt 6-6 six and six was going to be a, the, the right mark for them. I thought they were going to be really bad on defense. They lost some really good players. Nick Bolton's now a starter in the NFL. So, yeah, I think 6-6 six and six was kind of – I thought they were kind of a middling team. I thought they would sneak into a bowl game and got that one right. All right. Moving down the list, the Vols were a little ahead of schedule and slightly exceeded expectations with a 7-5 and five regular season this year. Um, you had them at 6-6. Six and six. How surprised were you by the season they had? What did you have them at? I had them at 5-7. and seven. So you were right so there. Curtis. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, th- I, mean I, I feel like if you're within a game, like, you're right there. Well, that was two games. Oh, shoot. They went seven and five. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you're still kind. I mean, I mean, yeah, close enough. I mean, they should have been seven and five, I guess. They they found a quarterback. They Hinden Hooker. Yeah. I thought they, that, that they were going to go with maybe Harrison Bailey in the preseason. That's why I was like, mm. They were much better than I thought they would have been this year. Yeah, they they were more they, much better offensively. They were still a train wreck defensively. Hinden Hooker really changed things for them. They were not really looking very solid. They lost to Pitt, or at least I guess Pitt ended up being a good team. They won the ACC, but yeah, look, I I'll give Tennessee credit. They were they were ahead of schedule. I think that Heupel came in there and he got their offense really humming. Especially again, once Hinton Hooker became their quarterback, he rejected some new life into that into that offense. And they had some weapons out wide. Uh, Velas Jones ended up being a really good player for him. Uh, they have some, and they have a, they had a couple running backs that were never elite, but. They were they were good. They were in the up tempo kind of offense, which is tough to prepare for. They were still a train wreck defensively. They won a couple games that I didn't think they would win. Like looking back at the schedule, so they beat. I had them losing to Missouri. They beat Missouri by like forty points. I actually bet on that game, and I bet on Tennessee to, to win straight up in that game. Actually, and I and I won that one. But in the preseason, I picked them to lose to Missouri. Um, I had them losing to Ole Miss. I lost. I did not have them beating Kentucky. That was one that really surprised me. Them winning at Kentucky. Did not see that one coming. That was that was a fun game to watch. But, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I was close on that one. They were just a little bit ahead of schedule offensively for me. I didn't think that they would be humming on all cylinders offensively that fast. And I know, I mean, in retrospect, Josh Heupel is a really good offensive coach. He's kind of, he's kind of cut his teeth coming up. So that was a mistake. 
but they're still a trade-up defense. They still don't have the talent to really compete for like second place in the SEC East. I know a lot of their fans are really high on, on what they're going to be next year. I'm not sure I see that yet. They've got to figure out a lot of things on defense. All right. Well, like Tennessee, South Carolina and Shane Beamer exceeded expectations for year one. Uh, we both had them going four and eight, but they ended up going six and six in the regular season with upset victories over Florida and Auburn late in the season. How many games did the um, GA play in? Zed Nolan? Yeah. He started the first, like, three games this season, and then he got hurt, and he came back late in the season. He played in the bowl game, He played he? in the bowl game. He was supposed to start in the bowl game, but then they actually had a converted wide receiver who was once a quarterback, brought him back to play quarterback. They were switching back and forth. He probably started, like, five or six games for him. They did the best they could with what they had. I, they really that. did. They you really did. I mean, Luke Doty was supposed to be the guy at quarterback. He came back, mm-hmm. and then he got hurt again. Got his foot hurt in the preseason, but yeah. All right, so what did we miss about this South Carolina team? I think South Carolina, honestly, I know everyone wants to look back and, and look at their record and say, well, they 6-6, six and six, went, to the, went to a bowl game, they beat North Carolina, go 7-6. and six. They got a lot of momentum. They really surprised everyone. They were way better than everyone thought they were going to be. I don't think they were way better than I thought they were going to be. I think watching them play all season, they were exactly who I thought they were going to be. Here's what helped them, Charlie. Late in the season, they played two teams in Florida and Auburn who had basically quit. Yeah. Florida had quit. We, we broke Florida. And they if they would have played Florida in week three, Florida would have beat them by three touchdowns. I, I truly, right? I mean, is that is that crazy? No. Really I, I think they would have beat them by three touchdowns. And then they get to play Auburn. And look, I don't think Bo Nix is great, right? You know, I'm a, I'm a Bo Nix hater, have been my entire life. Oh, now Dan Lanning has to put up with that. I mean, he chose it, man. I'm not a Bo Nix guy. I've made that very clear. But Charlie... Bo Nix didn't play in that game, right? Right. Against South Carolina. So they benefited from, even though I don't think Bo Nix is very good, he's far, far better than T.J. Finley was. T.J. Finley was an absolute disaster for them. And I know he helped them win the Georgia State game. Late in the season when, Oaks, when Nix got hurt, Finley was awful. And that's why they had to go to the transfer portal and bring in other quarterbacks because Finley ain't the answer. they got to have somebody in there to compete with him. So, I mean, really, that's what happened with South Carolina. And everybody looks at their schedule and say, man, like, Shane Beamer, man, like, coach of the year. That, that guy, what a, what a hell of a coach. It's like, really, I mean, they were kind of who I thought they were going to be. They just really benefited from Florida. Just quit late in the season after we beat them. Auburn didn't have Bo Nix. They were banged up. Their entire roster was banged up. And they won both those games at home when they played either one of those teams the first half of the year. They lose both those games by multiple scores. That's my take on South Carolina. I, I mean, I know technically I had 4-8, and eight, they went 6-6, six and six, so I was wrong, but I feel like they were the team I thought they were going to be. They just got lucky. All right, well, the last team in the East is Vandy, who was terrible, like we all predicted they would be. Do we have to talk about Vandy, Charlie? Well, what do we I mean, do? I mean, I guess be, we have to. We can make it short. They were even worse than we actually thought they were going to be. We all had them going 3-9. and nine. They were only able to go 2-10 and 10 and did not get a single SEC victory, so... Thoughts. Charlie, we beat them what, sixty-two to nothing? I mean, it was ugly. I think it was sixty-two to nothing. We could have beat them a hundred to nothing if we like legitimately. I'm not like that's not hyperbole. We could have beat them one hundred to nothing if Kirby Smart would have wanted to beat them a hundred to nothing. We could have named our score in that game. I mean, Vandy, Jesus Christ, man, two and ten. So they, who did they? They lost to East Tennessee State. No, who did they lose to? Who did they lose? To? I had them beating East Tennessee State, Colorado State, and UConn. They lost one of those games. I know they beat Colorado State. I'm fairly certain they beat UConn. So they lost to East Tennessee State? Yes. Let's look this up. I got I to confirm this. I know that Vanderbilt was terrible. Yes, got it right here. They lost to East Tennessee State. That's exactly right. I remember that. Opening game of the year, 23-3, lost to East Tennessee State. Charlie, I have no words that I want to spend on Vanderbilt. I mean, I thought they'd be terrible. They were worse than I thought they would be. They somehow lost East Tennessee State at home by three touchdowns. Sounds great. So we'll move over to the West. We're going to start with Alabama. We both got this one right, predicting the Tide to go 11-1 and in the regular season. Curtis had them going 12-0. and um, I think Curtis is a closet Bama fan. We ha- Maybe. Just we kidding. had them 11-1 no, no. with a loss to A&M. Um, do you feel like you were right on the Tide this season? Well, yes and no. I mean, regular season, I had them eleven and one, right? Right? Is that what yeah. you said? I had them eleven and one. I had them losing A and M. They went eleven and one. They lost to A and M. So I got that right. And I said all season that I did not think that they were a vintage Alabama team. I said that in the preseason, 
And I think I know they made it in the national championship game, so it's like, God, man, so you're telling me this wasn't a vintage Alabama team, they still made it in the national championship game? Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. I think they were a really, really good team relative to everyone else in the country, but I don't think it was a great Alabama team. It was a really, really good Alabama team, but not the best team that Nick Saban's had. I was wrong in the fact that I did not see them, number one, win the SEC championship game. I thought that we would finally get over the hump in the SEC championship game. I didn't know it would be in the national championship game. We got over the hump. It was just a, a game later than I thought. And I did not see them making the college football playoff. I didn't think there were going to be two SEC teams because I, I thought Bama would have two losses after we beat them in the SEC championship game. That would knock them out of the playoffs. And therefore, I was wrong there. But regular season, eh, you know, got that one right. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. You know, I mean, every now, I mean, a couple of them. I think, the, I think I did really good on the East. I think that might be the only one I got right in the West. Maybe I got Ole Miss right. I, I, did, I did not do well in the West. Yeah. If I remember correctly, First I remember glance. like, we'll I kind of glanced. Yeah. We'll get to yeah. it. Yeah. The West was not pretty for me. Well, we both had AM to beat Bama, but we were also a little too high on them. I had AM going undefeated. Mm, mm. Bad choice. Yep. That was you a You had bad them choice, 11 and 1 with a loss to LSU. Also a bad choice. They actually went 8 and 4, so. What did we miss about them? You know, I remember. I remember now. I remember now. It's been a while. I actually had A and M in the SEC championship game, right? That's what I had because I had yeah. I had both them and Bama eleven and one with A and M winning straight, winning head up, and going to the SEC championship game. I was wrong there. I was I was way off there. So I don't know. Here's what we missed about A and M. Their quarterback situation was far worse than I thought it was. And we don't really know what they had in Haynes King. He was the guy that was going to be their starter coming into the year. He got hurt in the Colorado game. I think it was week two. And then old Zach Calzone. Zach Calzada, I should say. <laughs> Zach Calzone. Zach Calzada from Lanier High School here in Georgia, Gwinnett County, came in and he was up and down. He played. He actually played really well against Bama at home. Obviously, they won that football game. But he was the problem for them all year long. They lost – basically every game they lost came down to him. Honestly, their offense is behind the times. People want to talk about how Kirby Smart's holding back our offense. Jimbo Fisher's an offensive coach, and he's single-handedly holding back that offense. They are old-school, pro-style offense. They are not explosive. They have not been explosive one single year since Jimbo Fisher's been there. Maybe that's a product of them not having the right guy at quarterback. I don't know. But that offense is antiquated, and they got to figure – if a wants to take the next step, they got to figure that out. Uh, they had some really good players on defense. I thought their defense would be really good. Their defense was really good. They had two fantastic running backs. I thought they should lean on them more. They didn't lean on them as much, especially when you consider, like, again, Calzada was just not good. They did not run the ball as much as they probably should have. They put too much on Calzada, and they just didn't have enough weapons around him. Weidermeyer was good at tight end, although he sh- certainly should not have been a Mackey Award finalist. Still cannot get over the fact that he was a Mackey Award finalist over Brock Powers. That is insanity. Whatever, not bitter. Um, clearly bitter. But yeah, I mean, they just they were a train wreck quarterback, and that's what derailed that team. That team had the talent to be a 10 and 2, 11 and 1 team, Charlie. I stand by that. Problem for them was the most important position on the field. And that's been the story for us for a couple years, right? But I, people want to talk about how Kirby, for years, Kirby Smart, and hopefully this is a dead narrative now that we've won a national championship, but for years, oh, he's a great recruiter, but he can't develop a quarterback. Oh, he, you know, he can't develop any players. He's not a great coach. Kirby Smart has been right there sniffing around national title since, I guess, his first year, going to year two, right, 2017. Jimbo Fisher, national championship winning coach, had a incredibly talented roster, went eight and four that roster. So why don't we start talking about Jimbo Fisher's? Maybe he's not as good as everyone wants to say he is. This guy's been paid the what, $100 million? Yeah. Like, come on. Where's Maybe. the heat on him? Maybe. All right. Well, another team we were pretty off on was LSU. We both had them going 8-4, and four, but obviously it was a train wreck of a season for them, basically right out of the gate. Coach O got fired. They had a ton of opt-outs from early in the season. Well, remember, the L- okay, remember they went to UCLA? Yeah. And then he's like walking the stadium there heckling him. He's Yelling. like, you, you and your sissy blue shirt. And it's like, oh, that didn't age so well, Coach. No. Then you went and got beat by the sissy blue shirts. Bad. Yeah. So overall, they finished six and six. So Tough why year. were we so off on that? I At un- least he stuck around and finished okay. the season. I did not ever believe that Coach O was like, yes, technically he won national championship. But Charlie, was Coach O ever really like a national championship caliber coach? He lucked into no. getting Joe Burrow yeah. and Joe Brady in the same year, some talented wide receivers, and the rest, the rest is history. history. But that was not a sustainable thing for him. And I knew that, but I did not see the bottom dropping out the way it did this year. It's just like Florida, Charlie. It just happened earlier with them than it did with Florida, right? Dan Mullen 
the bomb dropped out when, when they were talking when his his seat got hot late in the year, and then they quit. He ends up getting fired. That happened to Coach O just at the beginning of the year. And so we kind of focus on them all year long. And then, of course, they had all the opt-outs and, and all that. But, but I I don't I can't stand by the pick. What had them what? Eight and four? I think at one point I was toying with them. I think before we knew that Mac Johnson was gonna be the quarterback, because remember, they had another they had a quarterback battle, one guy goes down, and then Max Johnson's now the guy, right? And I was that's when I kind of readjusted my picks. I was like, oh, I'm not a believer in Max Johnson, so I went eight and four with him. But that was a talented team, Charlie. Was, I know a lot of those talented players opted out, but it was a really talented team. And they should never have gone 6-6. Six six. Too much talent. Like A&M. A&M should not have been 8-4. LSU should not have been 6-6 six six with the talent they had on that team. But when Coach O, I mean, the administration just wanted to fire him. They were ready to get rid of him. They were looking for a reason. And when they started out the way they did, and he was talking the way he was talking, and like going on dates in Los Angeles when they were there for – for the UCLA game, like the night before the game, you just can't do that kind of stuff. And then when he gets fired, and they, or at least they work out the the buyout or whatever they did, then the season was done. And that's basically what happened there. It's just a really talented team that just was, a, I guess, a victim of circumstances with their coach. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. All right, well, let's turn to a team that had a more positive season with Ole Miss. So we definitely missed on AM and LSU. Yeah, missed on those. But I'm sure. going to give us a little bit more credit here. I had them going nine and three. I think I had them like you exactly. had them going ten and two. Yes, and they went ten and two, right? We both yes. had them higher than like everyone. Yeah, um, I, I took a leap of faith. on And them. they ended up going ten and two. So good job, you got it right. Yeah, that's um, maybe the only ones in the SEC West I got right, except for that Alabama game where he told everybody to go, you know, pop their popcorn. Um, he panicked in that game. Yeah, he panicked early he in that game. Rise to the pressure. Well, he just panicked. He yeah, he thought yeah. Yeah. Right. So, what did you see about the Rebels in the preseason that gave you the ability to take the leap of faith on the two Rebels? words, Matt Corral? Matt Corral. Matt Corral. I like Matt Corral. Matt Corral is a baller, and I know his numbers weren't nearly what they were uh, in twenty twenty, but that was because there was just a rash of injuries to the receiver position. I mean, they were decimated early in the season at receiver, and that guy just kept going out there and literally putting his body on the line game after game after game. And when you have a quarterback like that, when you have a, a future first-round draft pick at quarterback, you have a good head coach, Lane Kiffin, that knows how to run an offense and knows how to, to build an offense. And you, I, I felt that they were going to be improved on defense. They were clearly not going to be great on, on defense, but I like some of the changes that they had made um, uh, schematically. I like some of the guys they brought in the transfer portal, Otis Reese from Georgia, uh, Chance Campbell coming in from Maryland. And I, I had some respect for those players. I felt like they would be better. And they were. They weren't great, but they were better. And then you kind of pair that with Matt Corral and some of the other teams in the SEC. It must be real, Charlie. What also helped them with teams like like LSU imploding and A&M playing way under their talent Auburn. level. Auburn. You know, oh, they lost to Auburn. Yeah. But that, Corral got hurt in that game. It was really primarily the reason they lost that game. They had a couple of the receivers go out in that game too. But I felt with Matt Corral, with the schedule that they had, with Lane Kiffin building off what they had done the year before, defense was going to be at least slightly improved. Couldn't honestly, I know I, I usually hate saying this because it's a lazy take, but in this case, it was really true. They couldn't be worse than they were in 2020. I felt like things were aligned for them to make a pretty big jump and took a little leap of faith and happened to get that one right. All right. Well, you nailed Ole Miss, but we missed badly. Yeah, I, I did not. On get, the other yeah. team in the Magnolia State. Uh, we both had Mississippi State going four and eight, but Mike Leach went out and won seven games in the regular season. So, how bad was this pick? 
It wasn't great, Charlie. That was actually this is one of the worst picks I made all I year. I did win a lot of money on Mississippi State. You you will always remind everyone about that, right? Have you spent a dime there? Or did you just take all that and did you like cash it out and frame it? Is I it haven't like in done your home? anything with it. It's just sitting there. Just so you can just pull it up anytime you want. Anytime just I need reminisce some money, about I that one time you nailed a bet. Yep. I love it, Charlie. I love it. I think we did talk about it on the show, right? Yeah. It was the. It's when they, they played, played Auburn. Yeah. So that was the weekend that we were when we the played first Tennessee. Half was oh, like, we were not. Ooh. We were. Yeah, we played in Knoxville. Yeah. That's why you're able to gamble, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. So I this is a really bad pick. So I had them what four and eight. Yeah. And they went seven and five. And honestly, they should have been about nine and three. They lost a game to Memphis that was stolen for them by like horrific yeah, officiating, that was ugly. like terrible officiating. So I mean. Th- what other game was it that they almost won? I think that was kind of stolen from them. So they definitely had Memphis. Was, oh, they, oh, they should have beaten LSU. I don't know how they lost to LSU. I picked them to lose to LSU, but they actually won money on that game. I picked LSU to beat them, bet on that game. Well, I think that was when we were in Nashville. Again, in Tennessee, you can gamble uh, legally. And yeah, got that one right. But they, they easily could have won that game. So they honestly were better than even what their final record was. I was way off on Mississippi State. I... Was not a believer in what they had come back on defense. I thought they lost too much on defense. I was wrong there. They were, they were actually good on defense. I wasn't sold on Will Rogers yet at quarterback. Will Rogers just went out and basically led the SEC in most major statistical categories for quarterbacks, not in yards per attempt. They're, they're kind of a ball control offense now, which is really weird because teams are playing this drop eight coverage against them. So instead of being this high-flying air raid offense of, of yesteryear, they still run the same air raid stuff, but... They have to take all these checkdowns, and they've kind of embraced that. So they're a, a ball-control offense now. It's crazy. They, they grind out like seven, eight-minute drives. So they throw the ball you know, every down, but it's like, oh, three yards here, six yards there, five yards there. They kind of just make their way down the, on, down the field like 12, 13 plays at a time. But Will Rogers was way better than I thought they would be, or than I thought he would be. And they had, honestly, better receivers than I – I mean, I did not give those guys enough credit coming to the year, but – they uh, they were they were uh, not an elite team, but that was a team that again I think could have been nine and three very very easily, and I just I missed it. Will Rogers, I mean, quarterback's the most important position on the field, and I was wrong on that one. Hey, good for Mike Leach. They also were a disaster in twenty twenty. They started off really yeah. hot, right? And I I I wasn't one hundred percent sold that Mike Leach was going to get it going in the SEC, but I was wrong there. Good for him. Yeah. All right. Well, you were pretty close on Auburn. Um. Oh, I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Curtis had them going seven and five. Uh, you, we both had them going five and seven. They managed to hit six and six and barely limp into the bowl season. So we were one game under what they were going to be, and mm-hmm. Curtis was one game over. Exactly. Okay. So I know you were pretty adamant in the preseason that you weren't a believer in Auburn. No. And you were pretty much proven right on that. Mm-hmm. And remember that Alabama game? Jeez. God, I just. It's a rivalry game, Charlie. Like, that's the only way you can explain that game. Never know. Never know. I mean, they were able to, they, well, they were able to pressure Bryce Young, which is what you have to do to have a chance against Alabama, which is clearly what we did not do in the first matchup in this championship All game. Right. All right, but what did you see in this Auburn team in the preseason that you didn't believe in? Well, they're the anti-Ole Miss. So yeah. I believed in Ole Miss because I believed so deeply in Matt Corral. I love what I saw from him in 2020. And then Bo Nix. And Bo on the Nicks. flip side, Auburn, I've watched Bo Nix for t- two years coming this year, and I was like, this guy is garbage. He, I, I don't I'm know why people hype this guy is. up. How, it's got to be, I, I will say, like, on some level, you kind of feel bad for the kid because he's an Auburn legacy, right? He grew up his entire life loving Auburn, he knowing he was going to go to Auburn, and then now you had to transfer out. You know, because it's a toxic environment. Everyone in Auburn, like, they finally have realized, the national media finally woke up during the season to what I've been saying for two years, that Bo Nix is a hype train. You guys just hype him up, but he's not good at all. He's just simply not. He had that one game, his first game of his career against Oregon. He was terrible all game long in the neutral side. I think it was in Houston. He was awful all game long. And then he was able to string together, I think, two drives late in the game. They score on both those drives. I think Seth Williams made a great touchdown catch to bail him out to, to win that game, to go ahead touchdown. And then the Bo Nix hype train was off. The legend was born. I'm sitting here, I'm watching, like, but guys, he's not good. He's just not good. You almost lost the game because he was so bad the rest of the game. And that was just the story of the Bo Nix career. I thought I thought after the Georgia State game that they should have lost, that his career might be done then. Yeah. But, you know, give him credit, he fought back. And I think he was actually 
better this year. He was less of a disaster. And then he get, gets injured, and that's just it, it sucks for him. I will say, like, because if that was me, Charlie, let's say I grew my dad was a, a, a former Georgia player. I grew up loving the Georgia Bulldogs like I did. All I wanted to do my entire life was play for Georgia. I get there. I'm a legend at first. People love me, but I can't really hack it. And then people kind of start turning on me. They want me gone, and then I have to transfer out and go across the country to Oregon. That does something to somebody. Like that that hurts. That would that would destroy me. So maybe I mean I, I do pretty well. In the I'm sure he's looking though. at it from like a business standpoint. Obviously, he's trying to you know, get ready for the pros, and he's trying to put some tape out there where he can get drafted and make some money. I get that for your future career, but you know, deep down, like sentimentally, that sucks. Right, that's what I mean. That sucks, but really, that's that's why I didn't believe in Auburn. I also thought, I mean, defensively. They were not really good in 2020, and they lost some players off that defense. I was not a big believer in Owen Papo, who everyone, you know, coming out of Grayson High School, was talking about this guy is going to be a future superstar. I told you, I told you, I told y'all back when we were recruiting him to Kobe Dean that we got the better player between those two. People told me that was just sour grapes, that that Nicobe Dean was too short, and that we really wanted Owen Papo. We only took Dean because we couldn't get Papo. And even if that's true, Nicobe Dean was, was going to be a better player. He was just going to be a better player. I spent my, I, I spent his entire career watching Papo play, guys. I am from Gwinnett County. I've seen that guy play. Or, well, I did watch him play his entire high school career many times in person and was just never all that impressed with him. Anyway, I just thought they had some players on defense that were kind of overhyped. I didn't see the game changers on defense, and I didn't think Bo Nix was good enough offensively. That's the most important position on the field. I didn't see where their game changers were going to be on offense. I just didn't see. They lost their two best receivers coming into 2021 with an average at best quarterback. How are you supposed to be good? With a new coach, I didn't think it was a fit there, which kind of proved to be the case. So, yeah, I, I, there was a lot of reasons for me to not buy Auburn. In fact, there were very few reasons for anyone to try to buy Auburn coming into the season. I'm, I'm honestly still surprised. I think they overachieved going 6-6. Six and six. I don't think they were a 6-6 six and six caliber team. Okay. All right. Well, finally, Arkansas. Sam Pittman shocked everyone except for me leading the Oh, Arkansas catch Razorbacks yourself on the back. That's your boy. An you and Sam Pittman. Regular season and a New Year's Day bowl game. Good for them. I had them going seven and five, so they ended up doing better than what I thought. You had them at five and seven. You were wrong. Why were you so I wrong? I was very wrong on this one. Troy, I gotta ask you a question. Um during Sam Pittman's time here in Athens, did you just ever like just come across him at some point and meet up with him and you guys developed this like really great friendship somewhere along the lines? I think he's Something a nice more guy. than friends, I don't know. Like you are like all about Sam Pittman. You think he's a nice guy? I do. There's a lot of nice guys out there. You don't rave about them like you do Sam Pittman. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I just want to get to the bottom of the story here. I don't know. I it's a mystery to me. He's a nice guy. Good coach. He is a nice guy. I do like Sam Pittman. I, I, I have a soft spot for Sam as well. But yes, he did shock me, man. Um, What did I have him at? Five and seven? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, I got to own that one. That was a bad pick. Arkansas was a really good... I mean, they were a top 10 team when we played them, right? Now, were they ever really a top 10 team? No, that's just a function of the rankings. They were never that good, but they were a very good football team. Eight and four. They, I think, they, yeah, they won their bowl game. I won money off that too. Thank you, Hogs. Thank you, Sam Pittman. Ended up nine and four. Uh, actually, won some SEC games. I mean, Sam Pittman. I know in twenty twenty they weren't great, but just the fact they won some SEC games in twenty twenty during that COVID year lifted a, a weight off the Arkansas fan base. And I mean, I told you guys one thing. I okay, I, I did not get them right. Right, I, I had them five and seven. They went end up eight and four in the regular season. I was way off there. Traylon Burks, though, I told you guys he was the best receiver in the league coming in, and I, I think he uh, maybe Jamison Williams ended up being the best receiver in the league. But Traylon Burks was right there. That guy was a monster. I did not properly account for how good he was going to be. Um, and defensively, they were a lot better than I thought they were going to be as well. So I got to give that team credit. I give Sam Pittman a lot of credit there. I don't think they were an absurdly talented team. I really don't. He's done a really good job now of trying to hit the transfer portal, and he's recruiting better now. I think he had two really good coordinators that certainly helped him along there. But Sam Pittman set the groundwork and did a fantastic job, and they certainly, in my opinion, overachieved relative to the talent they have on that team. Because there were other teams like LSU, Charlie, even with the opt-out, significantly more talented than Arkansas. But yeah, they fell flat on their face. So that's got to tell you something about like how important coaching can be. We got Coach O and that disaster, and you got Sam Pittman on the other side. So I know there were some people that were, um, especially in the national media, who were puzzled by that hire. And I got to say, like, I thought it was a little bit of a reach myself, but Sam Pittman has done a hell of a job there. Got to give him credit. And I was definitely off on that one, Charlie. I feel like you're more excited about Sam Pittman going 8 and 4 than us winning the national title at this point. Oh, your face just lit up. You got to Arkansas. I know people can't see this, but your face just lit up when you got to Sam Pittman. No, because you were wrong. Oh, it's just that I was wrong. So well, you. I mean, on that one. Oh, okay. Because you're I mean, always I was like, wrong. 
Why do you think they're going to be good? I like to ask questions, Charlie. I don't like when people don't give me a reason why somebody's going to be good. But, um, yeah, all in all, SEC West, not good. I really feel like I did pretty well on the SEC East. I got most of those. I think like five of seven, five of seven teams in the East I got within one game. I think only two of seven teams in the West within one game. So, yeah, nailed Bama, nailed Ole Miss. Other than that, not great on the SEC West this year. But it's all right. Still feel like we did pretty well overall. How do you feel about your picks overall? I mean, they weren't horrible. I mean, what was your best pick? What was your best pick? Let's see, Charlie. Georgia. Okay. I feel like you just like bandwagoned me on that one, though. And Bama. I think you bandwagoned me. How come you could talk trash about me picking Georgia every year? You picked us to go 12-0. But I don't do it every year. I feel like you do, though. No. All right, you nailed Bam. What was your worst pick? Um, Florida, maybe. Yeah, the 9-3. Yeah, okay, they went 6-6. Six and six. My worst pick was Mississippi State was the one I was most off on. No, A&M. I was most off on A&M. I had them 11-1. I got the Bama pick right. Had them over Bama, but I did not see them going 8-4. They, they had too much talent. I, mean, I still can't get over Jimbo Fisher going 8-4 and four that roster. Getting paid $100 million to go 8-4 and four that roster. Mm, that's a disaster. But All right, guys. So, accountability. There it is. Got some right, got some wrong. We always have fun making those picks. I, I Charlie, I truly do love Like When it's preseason time, I get to pull out the helmet schedule. I get to print it off, nice crib sheet of paper, and then just go through and pick every game. I love that. I also love going back and seeing what we got right, what we got wrong. Again, some right, some wrong. But always fun to go back and take a look at it. So, um, it's nice having you back, Charlie. Yeah, Is thanks. this going to be like a, a, a weekly off-season thing, or what's, what's the deal here? Can we hash this out? We'll see. We'll just see you when we see you? Yeah. When we're lucky, when you decide to grace us with your presence? Yes. But you will be back at some point. Yeah. I'm sure you're going to be talking some Georgia tennis. Absolutely. At some point. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in today. We always appreciate the support. Whenever Curtis gets back from the wedding, not his wedding, the wedding that he went to this past weekend, we'll get him back on the show probably Wednesday or Thursday of this week. And what we're going to do on that episode, we're going to look ahead. We've been reveling in this national championship for a couple of weeks now, but... We've got a lot of people are asking us to take a look ahead to what we're going to be doing in 2022, what the teams look like in 2022. So Curtis and I will do that. It's like, hey, one national championship, what's next? That's coming up later this week. So make sure to check back in, guys. But thank you for listening. For Charlie, I'm Tyler. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>